Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We're going to jump into the Word of the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, it says, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Today I'm talking on the, on the great topic of sowing and reaping. And the title of my message today is, What About Me? What About Me? I thought I'd keep it Australian today. Um, I'm hoping to get that clickbait later on on the YouTubes. People looking up Shannon Noel, but they're going to find me. But Lord, we just lift up your word today. We lift up glory unto your name. I pray that as I, as I speak, it is not my word. It is your word. Your word is truth. Your word is light. Your word is perfect, Lord. So I pray that as I speak, it is not me, it is you. And I pray that uh, your word, Holy Spirit, you translate what needs to be translated. You stop what needs to be stopped, but you push what needs to be said. So Lord, we just lift up glory. We lift up praise to you and all honor because yours is the kingdom forever and ever. And all the saints said, amen. Come on, let's give our God a shout of praise. Come on, we could do better than that. Amazing. So good. Well, you can take a seat. And as you sit down, turn to the person next to you and say, what about me? Come on. So I said, say it, not sang it. It isn't, it isn't fair. <laughs> yes. What about me? Sorry, that's just, I probably, I think I've directed everyone's mind to just sing for the next 20 minutes. Uh, but if we can just come back and like listen to the word of the Lord, that would be great. But I am so excited for today. I'm so excited uh, to bring the third week of our legacy series. My name's Ben and I'm not one of the pastors here at Elevation Church Hills. And if you are a visitor or a guest with us, if this is your first time, I just want to extend a huge warm welcome to you. We are so glad that you've decided to join us today to, to worship with us, uh, to uh, give praise to our Lord. And you might not know this Jesus. You, don't, you might not know why we praise Him or why we praise Him the way we praise Him, but we are so glad that you've joined us and you've made it this far. So if you are new with us, you have joined us in the middle of our legacy series. And as Ellie was saying before, our legacy series is our once a year 
over and above generous offering. It is the one time in a year that we talk about money for a month because we want to believe and invest in our church to and believe to what for what God is going to do over the next 12 months. And through our legacy, it goes to two places. The first place it goes is to missions. First half goes straight to missions. As it comes in, it goes straight out the door. Out the door. It goes to other people that need it, uh, other people that uh, need support. And we partner with organizations that they are able to provide ground support for people who are in need. And the second half is uh, we want to invest and build this church. And we want to not just, we don't want to be focused on what we need in the now. We always want to be others focused. We always want to be future focused. And that is why it is called legacy. It is called legacy because it is not benefiting us now. What we are doing is we want to benefit others. We want to keep our eyes outside of us and forward to the future. How can we leave a legacy that our children and their children's children can take on and push the gospel forward? So the first two weeks, our lead pastor, Pastor Miles Paladin, brought two amazing words around uh, putting God first and then also building the kingdom, building uh, God's kingdom. If you have missed those, go see them. Go watch them. You can see them on our YouTube or on our podcast. There were amazing words. Uh, he, he really set me up to, I have to swing big today because he, there are amazing words from Miles. Um, but today I get the amazing privilege to talk on one of the most uh, conflicting topics, I guess, sowing and reaping. And when it comes to sowing and reaping, you, be, you may be in one of two boats. You may either go, you know what? Sowing and reaping is amazing. It is the word of the Lord. Let's do it. But you might be on this other side and go, no, no, no. That's not for me. I don't like that because people have taken it weird, right? And I just want to be, I just want to uh, say from the start that we at Elevation Church do not believe in the prosperity gospel. We do not believe that God is some vending machine in the sky that if we put $10 in, we get $100 out. We put $100 in, we get $1,000 out. That is not biblical sowing and reaping. But what we do believe in is the favor and the blessing of a generous God. Because that is who He is. But more than that, we believe the Bible is the true and perfect word of God. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit, heard and transcribed by people, and it is the true Word of God. It says that it, all of Scripture is God-breathed and able to equip and teach us. So if this is the Word of the Lord, if this is the true and perfect Word of God, everything in it must be the true and perfect Word of God. So we can't then let people that have taken the word of the Lord and distorted it to a place where for their own personal gain, we can't let them then dictate what we believe or how we believe or what we think should be in the Bible or shouldn't be in the Bible. We can't let people that have destroyed the word of God that they may gain, but then we throw that out. We throw, it's like, you know what? They've destroyed this concept, so we're just not going to talk about it. No, no, God says, go to the word. Come to the word and, and truly know what it is. Ask me and I will give. Ask me and I will tell you what sowing and reaping is. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Sowing and reaping. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 or click to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Or you can just look on the big screen behind me. 
2 Corinthians is an interesting interesting letter. So it's the second letter to the church in Corinth. We have the letters to uh, the church in Galatia, Ephesus, all these, all of these, most churches got one letter. Corinth got two. So you know that something wasn't going quite right there. They were like, Paul was like, I tried telling you the first time, but I got got to tell you again. So they got two letters, which I find really funny. And this whole second letter is very awkward. He's saying, you're doing this wrong and you're doing this wrong. These guys were so carnal that when they came to take communion, they would be getting drunk. Right? They they were like, you know what? We're going to take more communion and more communion and more communion. The communion's great. The blood of Jesus is amazing. But then they would be great. Then they would be drunk. Praise the Lord for those little uh, little communion cups, right? Those little communion cups, despite how they may taste, keep a lid on the service, right? But these guys are so carnal. And then in the middle of the letter, Paul says, now it's time to give an offering, an over and above generous offering. Because in 1 Corinthians 16, he talks about our weekly offering. He talks about at the start of every week, Pull together your money that you may give into the church, that you may give so that people are not in need. So he's already talked to them about weekly tithing, but now he's talking to them about once uh, over and above generous offering. So let's jump in. Verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Sowing and reaping is a kingdom principle because it is in the Bible. So what is it? Well, what Paul is saying here is how you sow is how you will reap. Those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. Those who sow bountifully will reap bountifully. In Galatians 6, he says, Uh, He says, whatever you sow, that is how you will reap. And then he goes on to talk about if you sow to the flesh, you'll, you'll reap from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap from the Spirit. Paul is saying, whatever you sow, that is how you'll reap. Don't sow sparingly, expecting to reap bountifully. That's not sowing and reaping. That is not kingdom sowing and reaping. And here at our church, we are a generous church both corporately and individually. And you can see that in many ways. We are a gener- We are so generous. And you can see that from our last, uh, last year's uh, legacy offering. We, we pledged to give over $200,000. This is a once over and above uh, generous offering. Uh, the, it should be on the screen behind me, but you'll see it in a second. It's we pledged $200,000. There it is. And what has come in, this is actually not right. I know this is from a couple of, I think it's from like a month ago. So we're actually closer to the $200 mark, uh, $200,000 mark now. $200. $200,000 mark. We, this is the kind of church we are. We are a generous church. And I get that circumstances change. Sometimes we, we say, you know what, this is what I believe. This is what I believe God wants me to do. But then circumstances change. You get, I actually can't do that anymore. I get that. Miles said that last week. We get circumstances change. But this is still a picture of how generous our church is. Not only that, 
we have this thing at the at, at Christmas time. It's called Stack the Sleigh. We do every year. We do Stack the Sleigh. We've partnered with an organization who uh, help and help with uh, children that have been removed from their families. Uh, and over Christmas, if they've been removed from their families, they probably will not get a Christmas or a Christmas present. So we have partnered with this organization so that we as a church and individually are able to buy presents for all of these kids that they may receive their Christmas wish. And then for the past couple of years, we haven't just been buying random presents. We've asked the organization, tell us the kids and how old they are, but exactly what their wish is. What do they want? Um, and for the past two years, oh good. It's a uh, baby proof for my baby. Um, so for the past two years, we've partnered with this organization and they've given us specific children to buy gifts for and specific Christmas wish that we are able to fulfill. And for the past two years, they give us about 150 cards, somewhere around there. Uh, you know, gifts, to, so they are cards that we put on a Christmas tree there and our church takes them. Now you take them and then we are able to buy presents for these children. And for the past two years, we've had to go back to the organization and say, hey, we need more cards. We need more presents. That is the church that you're in. We are a generous church. We don't want to hold. We don't want to hold. We want to give. But the question is, how do we continue to be generous when everything around us is telling us not to be? When the price of petrol, Miles said last week that petrol was once 55 cents a liter. Come on. How do we be generous when petrol is $2 a liter? Right? How do we be generous when interest rates are going through the roof and you don't know if you can pay your mortgage? How do we be generous when, when inflation is just going gangbusters and you don't know if you're going to be able to buy groceries for the week? How do we be generous when your rent has gone up 20%? How do we be generous in that place? Because in that place, it is really easy for us to shrink back. It's really easy for us to shift our mindset and just, you know what? I'm going to hold on to what I need because I need to provide for my family. I, I, God has given me uh, a directive to provide. And you know what? That's a real place. As men, we have been told to lead and provide and protect our family. So it is really easy for us to go, you know what? I'm just going to hold on to what I need because God's called me to provide and this is how I'm going to provide. So it's really easy to shrink back and just stop being generous because you need to provide for your family or you need this or you need that. There's things that you need so you are holding. But I believe that in this season, God is calling us to be more generous. God is calling us to be less self-reliant and more, uh, more reliant on Him. He's calling us to be more submitted to His authority, to His kingship, to His lordship, to His provision. God is not calling us to be like the world. He is calling us to be countercultural lights in the world. He's not calling us to be like the world, but to be separate and different from the world. If you're walking into the world and you're acting the same as them, there's a conversation that we need to have. 
We are called to be different in the world, but not of it. When the world says you need to hoard, God is saying give. When the world says, you know what, store up treasures on earth, God is saying store up treasures in heaven. When the, when, when the culture says, you know what, it's a doggy dog word out there. You just need to hold on to make sure you survive. God is saying, no, I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the one that will provide for you. I am the one that will give you your needs. I am the one who is able. That is who our God is. God is not calling us to be like the world, but different from the world. So when we are different, they see that we're different. They ask how we're different. And it is Jesus. It is Jesus. And He is the reason that we are different. And then it says in verse 7, each one, Paul says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God doesn't need a reluctant giver. God loves a cheerful giver. See, God doesn't need you and I. If I... If I stop preaching, he will raise someone else up to start preaching. If, if something happens to someone, he's able to raise up somebody else. He doesn't need us. He wants, to, he wants to partner with us. That is who God is. He is almighty. He is almighty God. He is El Shaddai. He is El Elyon. There is nothing that we can add or subtract to God. He's the great I am. He's the alpha, the omega, the first, the last, the one who was, who is, and is to come. He is all sufficient with in himself. He does not need us, but he wants to partner with us. He wants to work through us. He doesn't need us to give. He wants us to be a cheerful giver, to be a vessel for his power. Sorry. He wants us to be vessels. He wants to work through us. He wants to partner with us. And this has been the same since Genesis. God said, when he planted Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, be fruitful, multiply, take dominion, and extend the borders of Eden until the end of the earth. And it was the same at the ascension, when, God, when Jesus went back to heaven. He said, go into all the world and make disciples and proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. Be fruitful, take dominion, and expand the borders of the kingdom of God. This has always been the way God works. He does not need us, but He wants to partner with us. He wants to work through us. We just need to be willing. So how, how do we be generous? How do we rely on? How do we submit it? How do we trust Him when everything tells us not to? Well, Paul says in verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, that you may abound in every good work. I looked up the Greek word for all here. It means all. It means everything. It means in every time, you will have everything that you need. You will be all sufficient because of who God is. He is Jehovah Jireh. Therefore, you will have what you need. So we do not sow for prosperity. We do not sow in order to, to gain. We sow from provision. We don't sow for prosperity, but we sow from provision. That is how we start in this cycle of sowing and reaping. And then Paul goes on. This is it. Ready? 
as it is written, God has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Before we can reap, we must sow. That's how farming works. You don't just get a crop and then you plant a seed. No, you got to plant a seed in order to have a crop. If you want to reap, you must first sow. So how? How do we sow in a world that tells us not to when things of the world are coming in around us? By faith. We sow by faith. Farmers plant with the belief that they will reap a crop. So we must sow by faith, knowing that God is Jireh, knowing that He is provider, knowing that He will supply us with all grace abounding in all sufficiency, in all things, at all times, in every place. That is how we, that is how we sow. It is by faith. And some of us, it's going to be a small step of faith. But some of us, it's going to be a big step of faith. But if you want to see a harvest, if you want to see a reap, you must first sow. But here's the funny thing. The seed is not for you. Your seed is not for you. It says he'll provide seed to sow, but also bread for food. Your seed is for us, somebody else. Your seed is to benefit someone else. So if you're asking, what about me? You're asking the wrong question. It is not for you. It is for others. Your seed is your generosity. Your seed is your giving. Your seed is, is just giving away in order for others to be blessed, for others to benefit. That is what your seed is. And as you plant your seed, He will give you what you need, but He will also give you more seed to plant again. So we give to get to give again. If you are giving to get, that is not sowing and reaping. If you are giving to get to give again, that is sowing and reaping. So we give to get, to give, to get, to give, to get, and so on, and so on. Our seed is for somebody else. Our seed is for others. So we sow that others may reap. We do not sow that we may reap. We sow that others may reap. In Israel, in ancient Israel, when they would build farms, they actually didn't put fences around their farms. They, did, they knew where their property ended and when it started, but they didn't put fences around their farms. And this was so that everyone was able to, to pick from the vine or the, or the tree or to gather food up off the ground. They did this so that if people were in need, they didn't want if they were in need, they were able to go and grab fruit uh, from, from these farms without, uh, without uh, retaliation, right? There's stories of Jesus doing this. The, the disciples on the Sabbath, they walked through a cornfield and they just started picking corn from some random person's cornfield. This is the way that they set up Israel. But somewhere along the line, we've put up fences around our farms, 
We've put up fences around what we sow. And we say, you know what? When we sow, we must reap. When I sow, I must take everything that I reap. If it is seed, I must take it so I can sow again. If it is food or if it's fruit, I need to take it and eat it. And then I can sell it so I can have more money. With our Western individualistic mindset, we have become so materialistic in our sowing and reaping that we've forgotten that we sow for the benefit of others. We sow because we are generous. That is what biblical sowing and reaping is. And then in verse 11, he says, you will be enriched in every way to be generous. If you are not sowing, To sow again, that is not generosity. We need to sow to reap to sow again. We need to be a generous people. We need to be a people focused on God, putting Him first, that we can just pour out on others, that we can give to others, that as we sow in faith, we can know He will provide, but we know others will be blessed and will reap from our harvest. With legacy, as I was saying before, half of it goes straight to missions. Half of it's straight to missions. Half of what we take in goes straight out the door to others. It goes straight out to the door that others might be blessed from what we from what we sow. And also with our regular tithing, we also put a portion away that if there's somebody in this church in need, we are able to provide for them. We are able to be there for them. And you know what? If that's you today, if you are saying, you know what? I am in need. Come talk to one of the pastors. We'll discreetly talk to you. Come talk to Pastor Sanjeev or Jocelyn. We want to be a church that is there for our church. We want to be a church that is there for our community. We want to be a church that doesn't focus on ourselves, but always focuses on others. We want to be a generous church. We want to sow that others may reap. So if you sow, if you are giving, you can be assured that somebody else is reaping from your sowing. You can be assured that someone else is benefiting from what you are giving. And then the other half of legacy goes toward uh, building and expanding the church. Because we want to be a church that's not focused on the now, but is focused on the future. God is a generational God. Our faith is a generational faith. He He says, raise up your sons and daughters in the way of the Lord and they will not depart. It is is father and mother to son and daughter, to son and daughter, to son and daughter, to son and daughter. We want to be a church that sows into generational blessing and generational inheritance. So what are we doing that others in the future may reap? It may not look like it, but this building is a generational blessing. With all its amazing features and its blemishes, lack of parking, you may, whatever it is, it is a generational blessing. We are in this building because somebody else said, I'm going to sow. We are in this building because somebody else said, you know what? I'm going to sow that others may reap. Most of the people that gave in to build this church are not here anymore. And for the people that are here, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for your generosity. I want to say thank you for what you gave because I know it was hard. I know it was difficult. But because of what you did 10 years ago, we are in this church. We are building the kingdom and it is growing day by day because God said, I will build my kingdom. 
I will build my church. And it's because of your generosity that He is able to work through us, not just at that one point in time, but for generations to come. This building, this is proof of generational blessing. What are you sowing for others to reap? Where is your generosity? So we do not sow for prosperity. We sow from provision. And we sow that others may reap. And number three, we are generous because God is generous. We are generous because we serve the most generous God, the most generous person. There is no one on earth or in heaven that is more generous than who He is. In verse 13, it says, By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel. We give because He first gave. We love because He first loved. In everything that God does, His generosity abounds. He is Jehovah Jireh. And in everything that He provides, He is generous. He will not let you lack. He will not let you want. He will give. He is Jehovah Rapha. He will heal. He will heal because that is who He is. And in His healing, He is generous. He will continue to heal us until we are glorified and in eternity with Him forever. He is Jehovah Shammah. He is there. His presence, as He pours out His Spirit, He is generous in pouring out His Spirit doesn't matter what we do. It says in Psalm 139, David says, God, where can I go from your presence? The answer is nowhere. We cannot go from God's presence because He is generous in pouring it out. Despite what we do, despite the temptations that we face, He will pour out His Spirit if we ask. And for God so loved the world that He gave. He gave His only Son, not that He may reap, but that we may have eternal life. God is a generous God that gave everything that you and I may have eternal life. And that should be enough for us to say, I'll give. His generosity should fill us and it should pour out within us. Because the gospel is the one story that should never get boring. The gospel is the one story that you should never get tired of. Because every week we should be becoming more like Jesus. And as we become more like Jesus, we realize how much more we need the gospel. How much more we need Jesus. How much more we needed Him to die for us. Because there was a payment that we could not pay. There was a debt that we were unable to pay. The gospel, Jesus... He's a generous God, so we should be generous. Because generosity can only flow from someone who has encountered the goodness of God. If you want to be generous, you need to encounter God. In Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and all this will be added. If you want to be generous, we need to encounter the living God. You need to encounter the living God in this place because that is where our hearts will shift. That is where our minds will shift and that is where miracles pour out. That is where the kingdom expands. That is the place 
where God will move. So let's stand. And I, before we finish, I just I wanted to uh, give us a space that we can encounter God. Not for any fact other than He wants to encounter you. He wants to encounter you and He wants you to encounter Him. He is a loving God that will pour out His Spirit. And I believe there's people in this room that might be far from God. They might not know this God, this generous God that that gave His Son for you. We love because He first loved us. Love is God giving His Son. God created the world. We were sinners. We were separated from God. But in His generosity, in His love, He gave His Son that you and I may have eternal life, that you and I may reap the benefits of His death. He gave for others to reap. And with eyes closed, you may be far from God. You may not know this God. You may not know this generous God, but He wants to know you. He wants you to know Him. He knows all the hairs on your head. He knows when you sit. He knows when you stand. There is nothing you can do that is kept a secret from God. Yet, He still loves you. Yet, He still wants you. So with eyes closed, if you want to give your heart to God, if you want to come into a relationship with this God, with this generous God, with this God that gave His only Son to save you, that you may reap eternal life, with eyes closed, if that's you, I just ask you to boldly raise your hand. As I look around, if that's you, if you you may be far from God, but you may be something in you that says, you know what, I need to come back to God today. I need to take a step in a direction towards Him. I just ask you right now to boldly raise your hand as I look around. So good. Lord, we just worship you right now. We glorify you. We thank you for that you gave your son. We thank you that he died on the cross. We thank you because that is something that we could not pay. That is something that we could not come back from. But you gave your son that we may have eternal life. We thank you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.